Welcome to Pet Sitter Confessional. Today, we're brought to you by Time to Pet and Pet Perennials. What does your community do for you? How have they supported and encouraged and enriched your life and your business? More importantly, what have you done for your community? As we recognize that we don't exist in a vacuum, our businesses are able to contribute to the overall success for the betterment of our community at large. There are ways that we can give back to those who need it most where we live. And that's why today we are super excited to have Carla McClellan, owner of Tallahassee Lassie Pet Care, on the show to talk about why it is so critical and important to her to be involved in her community and the ways that she works that out, how it helps her attract clients, how it helps her attract her team members who are also part of that vision and see that goal. Carla also talks about how she is building that team with an operations manager and how she keeps things consistent between everybody and on mission. Let's get started. Thank you. It's so good to be here. So I am Carla McClellan. I own Tallahassee Lassie Pet Care. I'm from Tallahassee and moved back after grad school and left my former profession to start this business. Uh, Formerly, I was in social work and public health, so I kind of brought some of those skill sets with me to starting this business. And I started with my own client base, about 20 clients, a few routes, you know, just very small. And now we have nine employees, about 500 client families. And we're seeing clients all day, which is awesome. Um, Part of that, uh, I started an active retiree program that we'll talk about with our hiring. And then for the community involvement, I've always pretty much had a volunteer commitment in the community before I even started the business. But it was really important to me that we give back from our business to the community. So each month, we donate either goods, services, services. time or finances to different nonprofits in town. And we also partner to help our local humane society. We volunteer at their events. We do fundraising for them. Um, And then we have smaller rescues, one that actually is a spay and neuter. They're not a rescue, but they're a spay and neuter clinic. And they also have a thrift store. So we help support them. And we just try to give back um, to the community and everything we're doing. I know that can be pretty overwhelming for people of how do I give back? What do I do? Do I need to host events? Do I need to do fundraisers? Do I need and I like how you said, you know, we'll volunteer at their events. And I think that's an important really important thing is to look at what's already going on in your community and go, do they need help? Can I serve them? And maybe, you know, if you can't find something or if you think there's still a need, okay, maybe you find that route. But starting with what's there already, because, you know, the Humane Society, local shelters, local nonprofits, they are, you know, in desperate need of people to show up. And so to look at going, hey, I can plug in there. We can support that. And I can boost those efforts and actually make a bigger contribution than if we tried to go and do this out on our own. Exactly. And that's actually what our latest project is, is we're partnering with a store. It's called Community Thrift Store. She already donates a large amount of money and time and in-kind to nonprofits. So we're actually partnering with her to open pet pantries that are mobile in the community pet pantries, not pet food pantries that we would have to go to for clients that we only have one in Tallahassee. 
And um, it's through the Humane Society. They have a different process, but we don't really have like boots on the ground pet pantries for pet food. So that's what we're working with Community Thrift Store right now to launch those. We're launching the first one at my church, my home church. So it's kind of interesting. Well, it's really interesting because now we've involved the Community Thrift Store, United Church of Tallahassee, which, you know, if you go to church or not, that's you. I just prefer, I like my church, Um, but we've partnered with them. And then we also work with the Humane Society and Elder Care Services. So there is four different organizations that we're helping with one effort and that effort being the pet food pantry and getting pet food out to community members that don't have the means to support their pets or themselves right now. Yeah. How do you start those conversations with those people, Carla? Because that's, again, another thing of like, oh man, there's so many ideas. Who do I talk to? How do I approach this and let them know that I want to be a partner in this? Very good question, Colin. I know that for a lot of us, we got into this because we prefer pets to people. (laughs) So that can be difficult and challenging for a lot of sitters, for sure. I am lucky in the fact that I'm typically extroverted and I enjoy just walking up to people and introducing myself. But I might have a mentee that that terrifies her. Mm. So what I would say to her is, you know, these community members really want our help more than we want to help them. So we're never going to be bothering them. If we want to call the Humane Society and say, hey, we're looking to help with any event that you have or any drive that you're having, any fundraising thing that you're having, call them. They're going to be so happy to help you. I promise. They really are. They're going to be happy that you're wanting to help them. It'll be a mutually beneficial relationship. If you're not comfortable on the phone, you can always go to their office All of the girls at our local Humane Society are so willing to help us and for us to help them. Mm. So there is that initial fear and hesitation of like, oh, I have to go introduce myself to this person. I don't know them. But if you keep in your mind that they really want your help and they're going to be really excited to make that connection with you, it can minimize that fear for sure. Yeah. And it's it's not a uh, like, oh, here I am to save the day kind of mentality, right? right? But it's a uh, here I am to help. And I'm here to help. And exactly. we want to connect. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really is such a different mindset when we approach it in that way. And, and you know, what you're, you're talking, as you're talking, Carla, you know, people are hearing different names of organizations and things. Oh, and, yes. And, and I'm sure that that's just part of you as you have contributed as you have networked, you've found other opportunities to continue to dig in. Yes. Yes. So that's another thing. Last year, one of our big projects was um, Tally Spay. That's a whole other organization. And that is a, it's a spay and neuter clinic specifically for spays, neuters, shots, vaccines. Um, That's all they do. And it was launched by our local animal shelter. So now we have that where we can send clients that are having issues or pet parents, not a, necessarily our clients, but any pet parents, because that is a big part of our business. We like to educate pet parents in the community, regardless of if they're our clients or not. We just want to be able to provide education. So being able to promote the spay clinic and let people know, hey, you can go get this spay done for $5. I mean, that's huge. You know, and that's something that you can do online that you don't even have to go in person to talk to people. You can share these events online. You can start a pet parent group on Facebook to educate pet parents. You can reach out to other um, organizations in your town. Most towns do have a county humane society 
And then I would hope that most towns would have a city animal shelter, but you know, with funding and the way that things are going, I don't know how long that's going to be. But either way, you can find them in your town. You can always look up Animal Rescue, whatever town you're in, and um, link up that way too. Yeah, and it just starts with one conversation. I know in our town, we did a couple Google searches because that's just what we do, right? It's like, okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find the rescues. I'm going to find... And it's like, wow, there's none. But do you actually talk to people? And they're like, oh, no, there are t- several. There's like 20 of them. They're just <sighs> not all listing on Google or they don't all have Facebook pages. So, you know, they're doing it in other ways. And so that's why those conversations are so important. And, you know, we went to a couple events uh, of events, um, you know, dog in the park kind of things. And we were just like, wait, where are they? How are they? Where did they go? Right. Where are you guys? Right. And it was just a right. great time to get connected and realize like, okay, like I got to build a Rolodex here of more, more context. Cause I, we didn't have that. And it really helped us be better community members, right. And serve our clients and, and <clears> other, <throat> and just people in general. Cause now we know where to send people, how to connect with them, where other resources are. Right. And that's one way too, that you can utilize your social media network. If you do have a pet parent group on there, uh-huh. um, we, I launched a Betty White day a couple of years ago where on Betty White day, we did donations and all of this to different rescues. So we had to pull up, make a list like you're talking about. And there were some that had not been added to the internet. There were some that had long been closed. I mean, just getting that list was a huge undertaking. And uh, some people might not have time for that, but it did benefit us for the dog owners group and the pet parents groups because it shows everybody, here's a list of all the rescues currently in Tallahassee. This is what they do. This is what they need. Yeah. So that's always cool too. When you mentioned social media, I just, an, an idea of, we get a lot of people who ask like, what do I share on my social media? What kind of things do I post? Well, mm-hmm. a great thing to do is reshare local events, right? Repost what other people are doing. Contribute that way. Maybe you don't have the finances to sponsor something or to right. buy things for something, but resharing that to help bring more people in is another way to contribute and show like, this is important to me. And that's something else to remember of our, our online presence is a reflection of what's important to us, what our mission, vision, and value are as a company. So what we reshare, what we repost, what we interact with is messaging to people around us what our, where our values lie. Exactly. And it helps your own engagement if you think about it. You know, if you're trying to reach a target for your socials and you need to be posting a certain amount each week, might as well share something that's good for the community. And then you're also posting. So you've got your own goal. Yeah. Um, we do that with Walkthrough Wednesdays. And so our shelter, our animal, our local animal shelter closed their walkthroughs during COVID. So they only have three days a week where we can do walkthroughs where you can go and actually meet the dogs. Everything mm. else is by appointment only. So when they started doing that, we did start sharing the walkthrough Wednesdays because our kennels stayed full here. It's wow. just, it's really sad. I mean, they were doubled up um, a couple months ago. We had two dogs per crate for how many we had. So yeah, but sharing that, you know, if I share that on my page and 19,000 people see that post, that's more chance for that dog to get adopted. Have you heard of Time to Pet? Chris Ann from Raining Cats and Dogs has this to say. Becoming a Time to Pet client has been a game changer for us. We can give our pet services clients real-time, cloud-based information they never imagined they'd be interested in. And most importantly, to me personally, I can better manage my company and look forward to more. And not a small thing, 
Time to Pet is responsive to my request for new features and modifications to existing ones. If you're looking for new pet sitting software, give Time to Pet a try. Listeners of our show can save 50% off your first three months by visiting timetopet.com slash confessional. Carla, you know, you're really passionate about community involvement. Why is that? Uh, I know a lot of people can go through life and kind of keep their head down and, and focus. And there's a lot of things going on in our lives. We're very busy people. Yeah. Why is that important to you? Yeah. So for me, a large part of it is that I myself am in recovery. I've been in recovery since 2003. Well, 2005 is when I actually got clean and sober, but a younger me in 2003 was quite the troublemaker. And I took from my community a lot more than I ever contributed to my community. Mm. Even though my parents did not raise me that way. And my mom did raise me to be a volunteer. I did not choose that path. So when I finally did get my life together, so to speak, um, it just became really important for me to give back in any way I can. I kind of consider it a living amends because I just wasn't always a nice person. And I wasn't always that person that would contribute to the community at all. So this way, it's just kind of a full circle moment for me to give back where I used to take mm. is kind of how I feel about it. A, a, an aspect of now I can, right? Like yeah. I've, I've, ch- I've changed and I have the opportunity now. I'm able yeah. to do this. And it, it, it's a mindset of, of no matter where we are in our lives or in our business, finding what we can do. Right. And that's, yeah. that's what it takes to bring a community together. And, and it, it also is a, a change of my, our mindset, our heart as well, as we engage in those activities. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it really does like my community members here became my family. So it really does give me a whole new life perspective at life too. Um, I mean, I've been doing this now, I think as far as volunteering and being involved for like 20 years, but the last five years have really been um, intensified. I think when we were all kind of locked at our homes and some of us chose to use that time to get more involved, which I did. Um, and it just opened up. I mean, there were so many more ways I could be of service that I hadn't even thought about before. And now I just, it's just my lifestyle. <laughs> and when you say give service, are you talking about serving potential clients or serving your community in that way? Uh, or, or community. Both? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, of course, I love welcoming new clients, but when I'm talking about serving, it's usually community. It's just finding those places to plug in, right? And what fits with us. And it's some trial and error sometimes. You know, have have you ever tried to do something that didn't work out and you had to retool it and move on? Yeah, there were a few like social campaign launches that I had tried a long time ago that were just like not really hitting. Needed to move that along. There are a couple events that we did um, that we don't mind being involved on and being there, but we found the ROI wasn't really worth our time to be there for the whole event. So instead we just kind of make our presence known, make a donation and move along. Um, But that's what you learn over time. I mean, there might be some events where you get great engagement and a great number of new customers. Then there's other events that it's just kind of a bust. Mm -hmm. So for me, I've just learned that over time. I know that when I'm going to host an event, which I've never hosted my own as this business. It's always with a nonprofit or with another business like Colin was talking about, because we don't want to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Um, but if I am hosting an event, I'm going to be doing that with either the Humane Society, because a lot of their clients are our target clients as well. We get a lot of good clients from the Humane Society rescues or at some of our target apartment complexes that are pet friendly will hold like dog days, doggy parades around um, that 
Halloween, um, Thanksgiving, we might ask like, Hey, can we come with some pup cakes? Things like that are going to, for us, at least in our market are going to work a little better than just having a table at a random community event. Yeah. You just have to be, and it just had to really, cause I want to be at everything, of course. Like I want to be, Oh, let's go to all these events, but you have to be really strategic and target where you're going to be specifically. And, and that is really key. I'm glad how you said like, well, this event is one where we can make a presence. No, maybe we can sponsor, maybe we can donate some items, but we don't need to show up for that. But we do need to show up for this one. And maybe we won't sponsor it, but we'll contribute with volunteer hours. And and that just takes you going, how's, you know, how, what, what is my capacity right now? My, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's the other question too, Carla, is, you know, you running a, a a big business, you know, you've got a lot going on. You've got a lot of employees, a lot of things going on. How do you find time to, to, to make this happen? Yeah, I don't know. I do get that question a lot. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. I think it helps that I don't have human children. Okay. If I had human children, that would definitely limit my capacity for sure. Okay. Um, and then it helps that I don't sleep a lot. Like oh. I don't require a lot of sleep. <laughs> um, but no, seriously, delegating has saved my life for sure. Um, so what we've recently done this coming year, which is very different for me, it's only been the last three months, but our operations manager is doing pretty much all of the onboards right now. Wow. So, yeah, it's scary. And it's, I mean, it's good because she's great at her job, but it is weird because my job has changed so drastically. Yeah. Um, but delegating things like that, um, I'm still at the point of contact. Like, I still like to answer the phone and help with that. But delegating her, actually scheduling meet and greets, mm-hmm. scheduling employees, doing the kind of day-to-day operations has really given me a lot more time. Now, before she came on, um, I did have another, I had an assistant and that was great, but she and I were both good at the same thing. So you need to look for somebody that's going to be good at what you're not good at. That's another thing that I found with hiring. That's really hard, right? Because a lot of us go, well, I'm, you know, you know no shade, whatever, but like a lot of us will go, I'm amazing. So if I just had two of me, this would be better, right? But then what you realize is you're just doing twice as much work that you're excelling at and you're doing twice, you're not doing twice the work that you're you're so suffering. Exactly, exactly. And it kind of, it takes a lot of work to work well with somebody who's not like you. And and it causes us a lot of growth and a lot of, a lot of probably, you know, pain through that. But we see that on the other end. Exactly. And that's what I try to remember. I, I do a lot of reflecting and looking at, well, last year it was this and this year it's this. And that helps me tremendously because I remember last year at this time, I didn't know if we were going to survive 2023, let alone grow, which we did. We only 20%, but that's still good. But, yeah. you know, we're, we're grateful for that. Um, but just because I had so many health challenges and we were I knew that Helen was leaving and sunshine was coming on eventually I just didn't know what that time frame was looking like mm. but all of the anxiety it created within me just because there was so much change happening at once mm. it was quite an ordeal okay 
But that's why for me, I have to really like step back and do these other things that refill me. So like I sing, I do yoga. I used to run, but I can't do that anymore. Um, swimming when it's not 20 degrees out. <laughs> Community, you know, things that can kind of still fill me up. So I'm not getting overwhelmed with it all. Because if you think about it too long, you'll get overwhelmed for sure. Yeah. Well, that, that aspect of, of thinking about it too long, I know there are times where when we're busy, we get into this rhythm of making decisions fast, right? And we go boom, 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 and we knock them out. And then when we get less busy or when things really pile on, it's easy to get stuck on one thing and just have it be an all-consuming decision or topic. And it's hard to move away from that and focus on other th- other things. Yes, it really is. That was me this weekend with the QuickBooks and accounting stuff. I had like five days to get it done and I'm still almost done. Oh. <laughs> well, so how, how, how do you prevent yourself from getting stuck on, on one thing and, and make sure that you're moving to other things? So lately, and this is partly just living with ADHD, but also living as a business owner. But lately I've been, this sounds so juvenile, but it works. I've been setting timers. So I will, if I'm sitting down here and I'm talking to you and I know at one o'clock, I need to check into my bank account and do some money business. Say I need to do the finances or something. I'll be like, Alexa, at one o'clock, remind me. And no matter where I am in my other tasks, I'm switching because otherwise I'll do what you just said. Like I'll lose all this time. So, and that helps when I do it and I tell her to remind me. (laughs) So that's the part is, is having those reminders. And it does help to have that team and to have people that can hold me accountable because I can just text like, Hey, I need to do this by two o'clock. Can you send me a reminder and make sure I did it? And that really helps a lot too. Yeah, those those self-imposed constraints. You know, I remember mm-hmm. whenever I was going through it's something I learned about myself when I was going through school, man, I was really on top of stuff. I was a super productive person. And then mm-hmm. I got out of school, you know, and I was like, wait, I have there's nothing in my life constraining me. I'm yeah. terrible at this, actually. Turns out right. I, I work within a system imposed by somebody else. <laughs> now, right. I have to so do that. So then to make your own. Yeah. yeah. And sitting down, no matter what you're doing. I mean, we, Megan and I just did this last night of going, we have 30 minutes to talk about this. Yeah. And setting that timer so that we're all aware, right? And it adds a little yeah. sense of urgency. Sure. If it needs to go long, we can make it go long, whatever. But like, we know like this is a constraint replacing on this and it helps us be efficient with that time so that we can go on to the other thousand other things that we have to do. And yeah. just that, just that little imposed boundary, that little imposed structure makes you go, okay, this is what I'm dedicating. And then we put, it's allowed your brain to push everything else to the side. And, you know, mm-hmm. with, with, with ADHD, it's like, it's really important to keep those really short windows, right? Of like, okay, now I, it's 15 minutes because I, if beyond that, my mind's going to wander. That right. takes knowing ourselves. That takes knowing what we can handle and just being okay with setting those throughout your day. That's so true. And finding people that are used to working with that. So one of our, our former manager was a dog walker for us for three years. And then I made her manager and she was leaving to go to law school. So we needed to replace her with a new manager who is our current. But one of the things during hiring that Helen was very clear on is, you know, our business owner is neurodivergent. You will probably have to stop her and make her sit down and say, I need to talk to you 
right now about this thing. You might have to remind her, but it was good because setting that expectation up front is for me, it was important in any hiring, especially if it's somebody I'm maybe working with on the management level because we're working together every day, but they're going to need to know how to navigate that too. We don't want somebody who it's going to like stress them out or frustrate them if their boss has some ADHD issues. Um, But it ended up working perfectly because she has two kids with it. So it's perfect. She knows exactly how to get my attention and to slow me down. And it's just about finding the right person for you. Yeah. And and that's, those are hard conversations to have, right? Those are, you have to be a little bit vulnerable. And, uh-huh. and to go, to go well, yeah, so not a little bit, like it's a lot of bit vulnerable. <laughs> sure, thanks. <laughs> I'm going like, hey, um, this is how I work. Uh, yeah. This is how I I function best. Uh, I, I mean, how, how do you have that conversation, Carla, with people as you're bringing them in? Because that's that's not a conversation a lot of us are, are, have or feel comfortable having. Yeah. So with admin, I just am very direct and upfront about it. I'm like, this is who I am. This is how I work. You know, it's pretty much squirrel in the middle of the road half the time, but I'm working on it. This is how I manage it. Um, and we just have those frank conversations. It was not easy when I first started doing that because I just, I didn't enjoy being vulnerable. Who does? Um, but it's definitely helped because you find out who you can work with. Now, this is really only just for admin. So when I say that, that's operations manager and any team leads. Um, other setters that are just now coming on, Sunshine's managing them more than I am. So we don't usually have to have that conversation. If they move up to admin, I'll talk to them about it. Yeah, you mentioned squirrel in the middle of the road. Uh, literally, like an hour ago, I was in my hallway and I I turned around three times trying to figure <laughs> out what I was doing. So I, it's like I, I'm right there with you of like, yeah. wait, ah, what what what's going? Ah. Right. So like, come and, on, in. the water's fine here. We're good. And many of us have we go. Okay, I need help. Okay, I'm going to go get help. But we don't set them up for success by being honest with them about us and our expectations. And right. then we get frustrated and we go, why can't they? Well, right. that's might not be how they do anything. And they've never interacted with someone like you, or they don't know how to, to, to present things or what you need. And that's the, Hey, here's what I need. When I say X, Y, Z, I kind of have to give the people a little bit of a dictionary, like translation service of like, when I yeah. say this, I actually mean, but my brain doesn't allow me to say that because of how I'm wired. Like, it's just, just you know, you know yeah. like, let people in a little bit. Yeah, exactly. It's like, here's the puzzle of my brain. Thank you for coming. I hope you can figure it out. <laughs> I oh, goodness. I, I don't have a box with the finished photo on it. Let me know right. if you we find that. We don't even know what it's supposed to look like anymore. <laughs> We're just going with it. <laughs> well, you've... You've, you've talked about your team uh, quite a bit, Carla, and I, I wanted yeah. to ask you kind of how how lo- far were you into your journey as a business when you decided I need to to build a team? And, and what's that process been like for you? Yeah, so I was only probably about a year in. And um, I actually started with, this is how I founded the Active Retiree Program, because it was um, my stepdad, my mom, and one of my mom's friends who were our first actual like non-family employees. Well, my mom and my stepdad, obviously. Um, But what I found in that process is it was really beneficial to them because they're retired, don't have a lot going on, kind of need something to do. Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely responsible, reliable, consistent, amazing. 
So that's how we started that about a year in. And um, now we have employees that are, you know, average, normal. I don't know what word you want to say for that. Typical employees. And then we also still have the active retiree program. Um, but it's always been pretty much word of mouth. I think that we did post the app a couple of times. Um, did get a, one good employee from posting in a dog mom group or a pet parent group, one of those. But usually it's word of mouth through our newsletter, um, through current employees, through clients. We've actually had one of our best employee relationships was a client's daughter who joined us. That was the one that was with us for four years. Um, so that was pretty cool. We had another client who joined us um, as a part-time employee and she still works with us part-time, which is cool because they know how it works. Like They know what to expect on the pet parent side. So I love that. I really love that. Was that when you made when they make that transition? Did you struggle with that relationship change at all? Of like, because I, I know a lot of businesses go, okay, no, I need to make a, a business client relationship distinction, right? I'm not going to, I make, I, I'm going to care for them, I'm going to devote to them, but I, I'm not going to b- breach that relationship. And it's a very different kind of thing when they actually become an employee of yours. Did, was that a struggle for you at all, or did it was that kind of an easy transition? It was pretty easy um, just because we're so close with our clients. We really do become like family after a while. We stay in touch. We communicate on a regular basis. Um, so it was pretty seamless. If she had not been such a regular client, it might have been weird. Like It might have been a little different. Yeah. We did have conversations, of course. The one that I'm thinking about that's been with us for the longest. Um, is this will be her third summer working with us. But I know that we did have conversations about, you know, if you decide you don't like this, we still want to be able to pet set for you, things like that. But um, that was never an issue. There was one client that we heard that didn't work out. And I didn't really know how that was going to impact our relationship with her pets. But it hasn't been an issue yet because she was, we ended up finding out that she really only wanted to work for us for the discount. So, yeah. 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 So you find that out too. That was fun. Um, That was fun. So that, yeah, she only lasted about a month and a half. I'm glad that we only spent six weeks finding that out, but it could have been a lot worse. Our friends at Pet Perennials make it easy to send a heartfelt condolence gift directly to someone with a broken heart. They have this awesome direct-to-consumer gift model that takes the effort off of us and ensures a thoughtful, personalized sympathy gift reaches our client or employee on our behalf. All gift packages include a handwritten card, colorful gift wrap, and shipping fees across the U.S. and Canada. They also offer an array of milestone gifts and greeting cards that can be sent to celebrate birthdays, extend get-well wishes, and welcome new or even rescued pets. Additionally, there are gift choices in case you need to send a sympathy gift in memory of a special human client or celebrate a pregnancy, engagement, or wedding of a pet lover. If you're interested, register for a free business gift perks account to unlock the all-inclusive discounted package pricing. Since the service is used on an as-need basis, there are no monthly or annual obligations or minimum purchase. Learn more at PetPerennials.com, check out their business program, or register for that free gift perks account by using the link in the show notes. You, know, I, you mentioned, like, had they been a, a less regular client, it would have been awkward. I'll, I was... <laughs> I did a meet and greet once, and uh, while I was doing the meet and greet, this is the first time I've met this person. They start asking, oh, "Are you hiring? Um, what's the pay? How is this? 
Wow, <laughs> like, that sounds like, like the last lady that we just, yeah. And I was like, All this, right, went, I, don't, funny. I don't, I wasn't prepared for this. Um, yeah. Go online slash career. And yeah, <laughs> it's weird because even the employees we have rarely use that pet sitting discount. So when that was one of the first things out of her mouth very quickly, it just yeah. like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> It's a, it's, it changes that, right? And you've got to really make sure. Again, and, and it's part of that. Okay, I've still got to put them in my process. I've still yeah. got to ask the same questions. Still got to vet this like I would anybody else. Because when they are an employee, if they do make it through, I still have to treat them like, a, like an employee, right? They're still held exactly. to the same standards. And that's hard when we have friends or families or acquaintances. You know, we've had people who are go to our kids' school that we know that want to apply. And it's like, okay, like, I, I, we're still going to hold you to the same stuff here. So like, let's have that conversation now. It's, you don't get a buy just because we know you, right. Or you don't get a pass just because of this. It's right. There's still this relationship that we have to have. Right. And that's been the biggest thing I think with hiring just in Tallahassee in general, there are not many people that I don't know by somebody else or some way. It's just wild. I mean, everybody is connected in this town and we're not even that tiny. Um, but yeah, those, it can be weird when you have somebody that you're just like, Oh, I don't know what if this doesn't work out. And I've had to have frank conversations. A friend of mine, a close friend of mine's daughter worked for us for years and it did work out great, but we had very frank conversations. Like you and I are still friends, no matter what happens, like the employee relationship is just with your daughter, not with you and I, like very clear boundaries, yeah. which some friendships can handle and some can't. So it really is on you and like where you are with your boundaries and your family and friends and their boundaries. And yeah. if you think that it's going to risk the relationship, don't risk it. Mm. You know, if you feel like y'all are strong going into this and you've got good, solid boundaries, go for it. But yeah. it really is an individual thing because it can get messy. It can get very messy. Yeah. And, you know, the fact that you even had that conversation beforehand of going, hey, even if this doesn't work out, we still want to be able to take care of your pets. That's yeah. that's a healthy approach, right? That really is. Instead of just like crossing your fingers and like hoping it's going to be okay. It's like, you know, we we need to have this conversation. And and that's true in business and in life of like, I don't know if you watch the, like old, like early 2000 sitcoms where you're like, if you guys would just talk about this, there would be no problem here. Like, stop right. trying to And that's that. the thing, the <laughs> communication and conversations. It's like, just talk about it. Yeah. And it, it, it is hard because it, it means that sometimes that means we have to be in an, in an uncomfortable situation of like, and I don't know if you've ever started a conversation like that. I know I have sometimes going like, Look, this is uncomfortable for me, uh, and I'm not really sure how to say this, but I feel it's important to have this conversation and just letting them know, right? That's a great way to just ease into that so that they don't feel like it's a, you know, it, it's a confrontational thing. It's like, no, this is just something that needs to happen. Right, right. And as you've as you've grown, you know, I know an aspect of that is you, know, you said you have got nine employees now that are working for you. Uh, mm-hmm. Consistency is a big thing that a lot of people work with. How do you help maintain that between them and the visits they do? Yeah, so we're pretty regularly in contact with all of the employees. We have Slack, but we also text a lot. Um, we do all pause meetings where we're having like team building. Sometimes we'll have a training component to that. Sometimes it's more of a fun component to that. Um, And then the reminders, we're pretty big on reminding everybody of 
you know, their schedule, policies, everything like that. A lot of people, a lot of our people have been here so long, they don't really need the reminders. Mm-hmm. Um, but just staying open and having communication, I think for any mobile business, it can be difficult because we kind of can work in these silos. So what really helps us is our software, number one, because in pet reports, we can all see what's going on. Um, It helps me to have an open door policy here at our office. So our office is housed in my home, but I still have an open door policy during the week. So employees can come by whenever they need. If they need to take a nap on the hammock, they can come by. They just need poop bags or treats. They can come Mm by. That really helps a lot because I want them to know I'm always here. If they just need to talk, like we're here for them. So that really helps because we don't have the store we're going to every day. You know, it's not like we're at the doggy daycare place or the groomer shop or, you know, we're on the roads. So just letting them know, like, I am here. Please stop by if you need anything. How are you doing? Checking in. That really helps. Um, another thing is being mindful of how often we are scheduling different sitters. So one of our best sitters is great. He's the best, one of the best sitters we have. I expect he'll be here a very long time. However, we need to keep him around six sits a day. If he does any more than six, that's a little too much for him. Okay. But we have another sitter. She's great with nine, 10 a day. Totally fine. Never an issue. So I think that's another thing is you have to look at your team, their personality, <clears throat> their ability to work under stressful conditions, um, and just kind of get to know them. And then you can schedule them how they need to be scheduled. So you keep consistency. You're not burning your employees out and everybody's happy. Yeah, that that's key is recognizing not everybody who comes through the door is a uh, comfortable with taking on the same amount of work or type of work or be able to or wanting to. And many times we can say, okay, well, I've hired three people. Now they must all work the same and do all the same and be worker bees out there doing the work without going, are they okay walking? And, you know, we've had those conversations of that. We've had, had an employee who came to us and said, I think my max is about an hour and a half total of walks during the day. Mm-hmm. But if I could do other pet sits or other cat sits or stuff like that, that'd be fine. But I'm just, I, I don't feel good if I do more than that kind of walks, especially back to back. And I was like, this is great to know. That's Thank great. Yeah. Like, it's like wonderful. That's because great. I love when employees tell me stuff. Like, please let me know. <laughs> because, you know, there are times where you can feel like a, a possible reaction is to get offended or hurt or frustrated by that, but to co- go, okay, they've told me a limit that I need to see. I need to respect that. And are there limits that some people have that won't work for your company? Absolutely. Right. That, that, but those are a case by case basis. Having an open door allows you to hear that because then you can decide if you can or cannot make adjustments. Cause the last thing you want is somebody just comes in and goes, I'm quitting. Bye. And and right. you having no idea why. And no. yeah. yeah, and it's it's because that really throws you off. And you're like, I did what happened? And it could have been something as simple as, well, you were scheduling them for two hours of walks and they really felt bad after that and it wasn't comfortable for them. So right. if you would have done an hour and a half, they would have stuck around longer. Yeah, no, that's important. It's very important. It's just kind of going back to knowing the limitations for yourself and your team. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and so when you've got that process, you know, how are you, how are you keeping everything? I mean, I know you have somebody uh, who's doing the, the scheduling and stuff right now. Uh, did you, did you train them on kind of what your expectations were? Or did you let them figure it out and make their own system? Yeah. So our former manager did two weeks of one-on-one training with current manager. Okay. Um, and then the current manager and I worked together, like, well, we still work together every day, but you know, yeah. well, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, um, that we're working together. She, <clears throat> excuse me. When she came in, um, we were both pretty clear on like what I need help with, what I'm struggling with what she can do, what she enjoys doing. So that right off the bat, having that conversation was super helpful because it took a lot of stress off of me knowing like, oh, I have a bookkeeper in-house that can help. Yeah, I don't have to make myself do this all the time if I'm not that great at it. Yeah. Or, um, you know, I have somebody that can go out in the field and cover because right now I'm not able to be the backup because of walks and got chronic injury thing going on, but, Mm. you know, having that, having her as like, if we need a backup, we've got somebody that can go. Um, but having those conversations up front, of course, like you said, and I check in with her pretty much every week, every other week to make sure she's not getting burned. Cause that's really important to me that our team is not getting burned out. Um, so we touch base about that fairly regularly, um, and then our team lead, it's the same way of like making sure she's not getting burned. And then with our software, it's nice because I can make, I have a lot of mental notes that I'm learning. I need to put on paper for these people that are helping me. So, <laughs> um, so the mental notes now we have started putting in our software, we can put on staff profiles and then we can put private notes and client profiles as well. So if I need to put something on there, like, okay, Kim doesn't do dog walks. She only does visits and cat sits because she's got a bad knee. That's what we can put um, in our software. But a lot of it lives in my brain. So I am learning that I need to put it on paper so someone can come in and be me. Yeah. So that's the other really important thing I've learned this last couple of years is making sure that my business can continue if I was to suddenly be out for however long, you know? Um, if I was incapacitated, is my business going to be able to continue? Mm. Things like that are really, really important. I'm finding, especially as we get older. You know, you mentioned the um, where's that information stored. I was I was doing a training a new employee the other day, and he stepped out of his car, came walking over with his leash and gear, and I said, "Oh, you don't need the leash for this one." And he went, mm-hmm. "Oh, how do I know?" And I went. Oh yeah, you wouldn't uh, because it's not written down anywhere. Uh, it's just yeah. in my brain, right? <laughs> right, because it's all in my brain. So it's another thing of like offboarding, and and it's it's important because it, let's say you are uh, uh, running a business solo. Uh, this is still important, incredibly critical to yeah. to have that information somewhere else because yeah. there are going to be times where you're busy, where you're tired, where you're sick, you don't feel well. You're a family member's in the hospital. You're distracted. You've got a lot of pressure coming on. Trying to keep all that information in one place, your brain is a great recipe to not remember it, right? Yeah, <laughs> and, and exactly. I know, and I know you, you, Carl, you mentioned some some health things that that came up um, yeah. over the past couple of years. You know this 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 system, and, and it sounds like it's even more important. And you've you've seen that over the over that time. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, I had to have three surgeries that were not expected or planned. So three emergency surgeries. Had I not had our team in place and our processes the way that they are, it would have been a freaking mess. I already know that. Um, wow. Yeah, it would have been a mess. I know that when my dad died, it was before we had time to cut. And that was really hard because it was, you know, I didn't have an online scheduling system at that point. It was all in my brain or in my Google calendar or in my drive. And I didn't have employees at that point. So what ended up happening, luckily, is I had um, other sitter agencies step up and offer to go see all of my pets and not charge me, of course, because my dad had just died. Wow. Um, but I did get through that time just barely, though. If I had had software and a team, it would have made a big difference for me during that that situation because he died right between New Year's or right between uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas 2019. So, and we didn't get our software until 2020. So I'm just really lucky we got through that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's that reminder. And, and, you know, Carl, I'm, I'm sorry to hear about your dad and, you know, I know that that's, uh, I'm sure that's still really hard these days and um, it comes and goes and it's a reminder that I'm okay today, but I don't know about tomorrow. And I don't know how I'm going to operate under XYZ conditions, unforeseen circumstances. And it's not that we run through life or run our business terrified or trying to think of all the nuclear fallout, disaster, zombie apocalypse stuff that's going to happen. But we go, what can I do today to make my life a little bit easier tomorrow? And it's one thing at a time. And mm-hmm. it builds up, right? And that's the other thing of these these kind of things, they stack on top of one another. Of now I've got my software, now I've got an organization system. What information can I put in there? Now how do I keep that update? Now can I have somebody else run it? Now can I, you know, it's it's the stair step approach to us being able to focus on other things. Right. And it is. I love that stair step approach because that's exactly what it is. And it's like each each quarter, really, I'm building and learning and growing in some kind of method. So. Well, and it's a reminder, too, that if we have staff, they're going to go through some things as well, too, of they're going to have life events. They're going to have struggles. They're going to have concerns that are going to need to be addressed. And we're going to um, you know, have to be, uh, you know, give them grace just as much as we would give ourselves grace in that time. Exactly. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, I feel like everybody in the world is kind of struggling right now with something or that, you know, a lot of heaviness in the world. So just giving each other grace is so important. Carla, um, I really want to thank you for for coming on the show today and walking us through that, encouraging us to dig into our community and give back in some way and build a team that helps not just support us, but them as well. And recognizing that it is a, a team effort and community effort in all things. To get connected with Carla, visit her website, TallahasseeLassiePetCare.com, and she's on Facebook and Instagram at TallahasseePets. My biggest takeaway from my conversation with Carla was get to know people. Get to know the people in your community. Those who are needing help with volunteering and caring for those in where you live, those on your team as your team members, those on your client list, getting to know people as people allows us to better able to serve them and understand them and their pain points. It allows us to know how, when to give back and who to partner with. It allows us to know who are good fit for our clients and who is a good fit to work with us as an employee. Focus on people 
understand that they have their own needs, their own wants, their own objectives, their own driving factors. And then we as a business, we as a person can come alongside them and help them with that and help them be successful. We want to thank today's sponsors, Time to Pet and Pet Perennials for making today's show possible. And we really want to thank you for listening. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and we'll be back again soon. I'm <laughs> sorry.